This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hey, guys. uh, Before we start today's show, Eric and I have just like a little announcement for you. Yes. It's a big announcement. It's kind of a big announcement. We are having our... Second. It's not annual. Yeah, I was going to be like, please don't say (laughs) annual. We're having our second live show. Yes, for Colored Nerds Live. Yes, it is going to be again at the Green Space in New York City. Uh, It's going to be on Wednesday, February 22nd at 7 p.m. And we have... um, some guests. Yes. Uh, so we've already announced the show online. This is the first time that we're announcing the live show on our podcast. Yes. Um, so for those of you guys who already uh, either heard about the show or bought tickets, originally our guests were supposed to be Tracy Clayton and Gene Denby. Uh, so Gene, unfortunately, had a scheduling conflict that came up after we announced. Uh, he's really, really sorry. But we kind of have a, a pretty good replacement. I think so. Joining us and Tracy will be Rembert Brown from New York Magazine. Yes. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm hype. Yeah, I'm You should be too. And we're going to be talking about Black History Month, getting real. Yep. Black. It's going to be fun. Getting black. I stay black. It's true, but we can get blacker. (laughs) There's always room for improvement. Um, So if you would (laughs) like to buy tickets, if you go to our website for colorednerds.com, there's going to be like a button. Yes. On there, you can just press it. It'll take you right to the page. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also check out our Facebook and Twitter pages. They will have the information for that stuff as well. Again, it's going to be for Colored Nerds Live, colon, Black History Month edition, Wednesday, February 22nd, 7 p.m. Yes, you. I'm just going to be honest with you. You should get your tickets now. You should get your tickets now. They sold out last time, and they will sell out again. Exactly. Even if I buy all of them. All right, well, on to the show. On to the show. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Brittany. And we are... For Colored Nerds. The conversations that black people have. When white people are not in the room. But we record them. And we put them on the internet. Yes. Hello. Good morning. It's good morning. morning. Yeah, it's still morning. What's, it's like a song. It's like, good morning, good morning, something, how are you? I th- I don't know. Is that from like... It's like a children's I think it's from like... Show. Maybe Barney? I think it's from like something like that. Or it's from like Beauty and the Beast or something. Oh, that too, possibly. Yeah, like, no, that's like, bonjour. Yeah. See, now I was about to start singing a different song. Who knows? Well, anyway, it was was a point. Yeah, good morning. We missed it. I I clearly landed that. You did. You did not. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, how are you? You know what? I mean, you know, honestly, 
it's the same as usual. Like personally, I'm doing okay, but like globally, yeah. Um, We're watching the world crumble. Yeah, and it's like it's like my anxiety is just ratcheted all the way the fuck up. So it's like weird because like there's not a lot of like stressful stimuli in my like everyday, yeah. yeah, like my everyday sort of activities, but um, existentially, and also just you know my concern for others, um, and also myself. Is like through the roof right now, you know, at an all time high. Yeah, I mean, like you know, there's like literally a ban on Muslims in our country now. Yeah, which is some true blue fascism. So yeah, authoritarian, totalitarian. Maybe not totalitarian, but close. Yeah, (laughs) shades of gray. I was gonna say shades of gray. (laughs) Don't put it past anybody. So I guess you know I'm okay. How how are you doing? About the same, you know. Yeah. One thing that's that's made me sad is like. Twitter is not as fun as it, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, Twitter is always, is it's a complicated relationship. But, uh-huh. man, like, you look at Twitter and it ju- you just see it, like, get worse. It used to be a kind of a place of refuge, I feel like, for a lot of the people who are now feeling like the brunt of this fucking quagmire yeah. we're in right now. <laughs> yeah, but... We're here today. Yes, we're going to talk about something that hopefully is uplifting mm-hmm. you know at I least by so. the end i think you know yeah makes me happy me too we're gonna talk about donny hathaway donny hathaway for those of you who do not know mm-hmm. is one of the greatest singers specifically soul singers of all time he died really young at 33 years old mm-hmm. he left this incredible body of music behind him that has been like feeding my life soul and spirit for a really long time but You know, you and I have been talking about this for a while. When people have their GOAT discussions, do you know what I'm saying? And we had one about Stevie kind of being left out of the Michael Prince, you know what I mean, conversations. Mm -hmm. Donnie, like, I feel like doesn't make it into the greatest of all time conversations as often as he needs to be there. Definitely. Like, where are our biopics? Like, where where are our tribute concerts? Like, where, where is the love? You know what I'm saying? Where is it? Exactly. And if you know Donnie, then you know that it was a joke. And if you don't, you'll know in about like 15 minutes. Yeah. But yeah, he's just somebody who has an incredible legacy, an incredible voice. He's just such a huge talent on so many levels. He he also made music that like is good for going through what we're all collectively going through right now in the world. Yes. We have enough time this year to talk about the world's like descent. Why not talk about something that makes us happy and that like fills our spirits with joy? I completely agree. Like, I heard Donny Hathaway's music growing up, but I didn't know it was Donny Hathaway. And when I got to Howard, Uh I started listening to Donny Hathaway, and I felt like I looked at music differently. That's deep. Truly, I felt like I saw, if nothing else, R&B and soul Mm -hmm. differently after getting real intimate with his catalog. He's always been someone who kind of just misses those goat conversations yeah which is surprising in hindsight yeah. so I'm, I'm super excited to like put some respect on his name put some respect on his name and just lift that man up to where he he should be like we need to lift him up to where he should be yes so donny hathaway's catalog is pretty extensive yeah for someone who lived a relatively short life mm-hmm. but we're gonna focus on three of like his most classic songs yeah and they also happen to be three of our favorites yes those songs are where's the love mm-hmm a song for you. Mm. Mm, is mm-hmm. right. Right. Uh, and uh, someday we'll all be free. So we're going to start by going into Where is the Love? Yes. I love this song. And I just want to play a little bit for you guys so you know we're starting off right now. Where is the love? Where is the love? 
So first of all, also on that song, you hear a woman's voice. Mm-hmm. And that is the voice of Donnie's longtime friend, collaborator, a graduate of Howard University, which is where they began their friendship. Yes. And Much like a partnership, just like... <laughs> two people you might know. Two people you might know. <laughs> um, Roberta Flack. Man, like for me... I want to start cleaning the studio. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is like the quintessential Sunday morning. Wake up, real popping. Pull out the broom, <laughs> vacuum cleaner. It really start is. dusting and cleaning your house. Song. No, this is a song where you're gonna you're gonna shake out some rugs, right? You're gonna take your rugs outside and take a fucking old tennis racket or a baseball bat and beat them shits to the song. No rings in the, in the tub. No. After this song. Every window is open. Like, and then after you're done, you light some incense. Exactly. It's one of those songs, like, it's just so beautiful and light. It's also interesting, like, it's because the song is actually about some salacious shit. It's about cheating. <laughs> like, the song is about two people who are doing dirt. Yeah, and who, like, keep saying, like, oh, I'm going to leave my partner. I'm going to leave this person, blah, blah, blah. I wish, you know, I had never met you because I'm so deep in love. I fell in love with someone else's love. All I could do is wait. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when have you ever heard two people so happy about wishing they never (laughs) met each other? Yeah. Like, there's a song, I Wish I Never Met You, and it doesn't quite go like this. No. And like, they have the the little part, like, they have um, a little interlude where they're like, do, do, do. Like, it sounds like elevator music, like the most beautiful elevator music. And the song is literally about cheating and how they can't be together, even though they're in love. Yeah. And I mean, and to me, that's a reflection of the skill yeah. <laughs> of these two musicians. And like, honestly, Donnie Hathaway, like throughout his life, mm-hmm. just like the command of the music and the lyrics make you just feel like, oh, man, like these are people who are giving me something that I need packaged how it should be. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the other thing that's, really good about this it's good to like talk about like you mentioned it before like partnership Mm -hmm. and like their partnership is like amazing so deep you know they i mean they they released an album together yeah literally called roberta flack and donny hathaway (laughs) so that there were no like misgivings like you already knew everything is about it's in the title like in that album there are people who are so good at their craft when they come together Mm -hmm. they make each other better Mm -hmm. And I feel like like Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway are like two of those people. You well, know? There's something about when people have been doing something together for so long because they became friends at Howard. Yeah. And like I think Donny left early in 1967 because he had so many career offers from like the music industry, which like happens to no one anymore, right? Yeah. Like that's how talented this guy was. But they like always stayed in touch. They also both played the same instrument. Like they both yeah. were really great pianists. I don't know. There's something about when you know how an instrument works and you know how your voice works i think that you apply a lot of the same principles Mm, almost like Mm cross-training so the fact that they like i think sang for so long together and then also like traded those same skills back and forth with their respective instruments i think that like gave them just such a solid sound together actually this is going to sound kind of weird um but two people who I also think whose voices are basically like two of a kind in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think because they have that long partnership is also like Kelly Rowland and Beyonce. If mm-hmm. you listen to their individual voices, they have basically been trained in the same way and they've yeah. been singing for so long that like you can hear a really big difference when they went from DC4 to DC3 with Michelle because like Michelle just, she wasn't with them. She wasn't with them shooting in the gym. Do you know what I'm saying? She wasn't with them <laughs> running outside in their sweatsuits with Matthew Knowles. And it's yeah. the same kind of thing Donnie and Roberta. Like you can't imagine either one of them singing a duet 
with somebody else because yeah. their voices are so well matched. Like they have this very clear, soulful tonal quality. Their harmonies just sound like hot, drizzled honey. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you told me that you didn't love him and you were gonna say goodbye. But if you really didn't mean it, why did you have to lie? When you sing in harmony with somebody else, usually there's like a support. Mm-hmm. Or because your um, your tonal qualities are so different, one person kind of has to like lower their volume yeah. or decrease their intensity so that it sounds melodious together. Mm-hmm. And maybe they did have to do that. I don't know. But when you hear them sing together, it just sounds like... They're both giving it all. Yeah. It, it sound, works. Exactly. They sound like they're both giving it all in the exact same way and it just clicks like naturally. Yeah. And it's just so, 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 so beautiful. You sent me this article from Rembert. Yeah. From like way back, like in the Grantland days. The title of the article is My Couple I Wish Were a Real Item Because They're So Beautiful Together and Make Me Believe in Love. Now, he was talking about Miguel and Janelle Monet. Yeah. On Primetime. Oh, my God. Now, that is a good song. True Bop. Yeah, that's a good song. That's a good duet. <laughs> In that, he chronicled a few different artists, and one mm-hmm. of those was Donny Hathaway and Roberta Flack. Yeah. When I found out that he, like, this whole time was dating some other girl from Howard, and, like, that was his wife this whole time, this shit blew my mind. Yeah. And, like, Rembert talks about that in the piece where he's just like, I just thought these people were married. Like, that's just what I assumed. I assumed they were very in love. They are meant to be together forever because that's how they sing to each other. Yeah. there's. I mean, there's a quality of just, like, selling it. Again, that just comes from the command of their instrument. Like, you're able to just sell that thing so well. <sighs> that song is so beautiful. And, you know, they had, like, many, many hits together. Yeah. Okay, so they had You Are My Heaven. Which is mm. kind of, that's kind of a deep cut, yeah. but also a bop. Be Real Black for me, which is <laughs> like, that's going to be the first dance at my wedding. Yeah, like, I mean, it was in my vows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also The Closer I Get to You, yeah. which I think was the last song that they recorded together. Which is like, for, like the true, true classic. If you don't know Where's the Love, oh my God. you know The Closer I Get to You. Oh my God. The Closer I Get to You. I mean, it's a song like almost every iteration of it is a classic. That's true. But one of the ones you might know is by Luther Vandross, also one of the goats. Yes. And Beyonce knows Carter. Who is the living goat actually right now? (laughs) (laughs) Beyonce is is the living goat. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah, no, that version is great. Even if you think about it, the People Bryson and Patty Austin version of that song, that sounds really good. Mm -hmm. But there's so much instrumentation in the background. Yeah. And I know because my father was obsessed with foreplay, who was (laughs) accompanying them in the background. The Luther and Beyonce version is good, but their vocal qualities are so different Mm -hmm. that it's like, that's also a distraction. I feel like they were also at two different points in their vocal maturity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, when you had the Donny Hathaway and Roberta Flack version, like, these are two people who are around the same age. Yeah. Hitting that prime yeah. at the same time and like ain't nothing fucking with that. No, 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 no. Like that shit was literally literally perfect. They just had so many amazing songs together. To me, they are possibly the quintessential R and B duo. So shouts out. Shouts out to Roberta Flag and Donnie Hathaway and their partnership yes. and what they were able to accomplish. And to understanding when 
doing something with somebody, mm-hmm. you're able to create something better. Yes, like greater than the two of you. Exactly. What is it, better than the sum of your parts? Yeah, like the whole is greater than the sum of all parts. Yes, that's what that's what it actually. Yeah, that's what the saying actually is. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> you know, it's possible that one day people will say that about us. I don't know. <laughs> so, well, I'll put you like this. Listen, listen. More likely that people will say that about us than they'll say that about um, <laughs> Best of Both Worlds with R. Kelly and Jay-Z. True. Although, it's some jams on there. All right. So, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. Eric is going to reconsider some serious lapses in judgment. And we are going to, we're going to be right back. All right. See you soon. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, if you don't know, you should know because, you know, a couple minutes ago we were just talking about it. But we are talking about yeah. Donny Hathaway. He started halfway through the episode. That's so corny. Yeah, right? <laughs> so weird. But we're talking about Donny Hathaway today. And we're looking at some of his classics. Classics. Which there are many. He's somebody you can really say. There are many classics. Yeah. I mean, literally, a lot of his songs are R&B standards at this point. Oh, it's absolutely true. Covered many times. Over. And, um... We're going to start off the second half of the show by talking about one of those songs, A Song For You. Yeah, so we'll, we'll play a little bit for you, if it doesn't ring a bell. I've been so many places in my life and time. I've sung a lot of songs. I've made some bad ones. Backed out my life in stages with ten thousand people watching, but we're alone now. 
And I'm singing the song to you. So this song, shockingly, I literally didn't know this till you told me the other day. Uh-huh. Was not written by Donny Hathaway. This yeah. is not originally his song. No. No, 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 no. This song was written by like this white guy, Leon Russell, who if you Google him, he looks just like Michael McDonald. Yeah. So you know what type of guy he is. Um and he he was a kind of like a it seems like a rock almost soft rock kind of guy. Yeah. Um, early blue-eyed soul, I guess. Yeah, kind of easy listening type thing. And um, this was like a, I guess like a single or like a hit for him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Donnie had to record it like the following year, basically. Yeah. And he smashed it. Like, this is one of those songs, this was one of the ones I heard and I was like, oh my God. It's like someone took a sledgehammer to your chest yeah. but you liked it. Yeah. The song is about this person he's singing to his partner or mm-hmm. what was his partner mm-hmm. like hey i fucked this up yeah i did you dirty yeah but i love you mm-hmm. you're the best that it's ever gonna be for me yeah and when you think about me think about the good times yeah because that's all i'm doing because i can't move on this song i first heard this song as a kid and i remember it striking me really different there's like a glissando on the piano that starts at the very beginning of the song And it isn't like a minor key, so it already makes you feel a little bit like, okay, this is about to be some depressing shit. Right. Which was really different from like the Motown that my father typically played. So like some background, like my parents are from Detroit. My father was like managed by like Eddie Kendricks as a kid. Yeah. And so like Motown is like everything. That's like the majority of what we spent my childhood listening to. Um, We were driving on long car trips to Disney World or to go visit my grandparents in Alabama or to go see family in Chicago or wherever. Anytime we were getting in the car for a long time, Motown is what was playing. The thing about Motown is all the songs are beautiful. Some of them are actually really complex in the way that they're put together. But they feel like pop songs. Mm -hmm. Even the sad songs feel like pop songs. And the themes are usually pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And I remember maybe I was like 11 or 12 when I heard it for the first time. And my dad, I guess, he had already kind of like graduated us from Motown into like Bill Withers, you Mm. know? And so I'm like, okay, so we're listening to Bill Withers. And then I I heard a song for you. This is the first Donny Hathaway song I'd ever heard in my entire life. And I hear this glissando. I hear it go from like one end of the piano keys all the way down. I'm like, oh shit. Like we're starting on some low notes right now. Chills. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And I got chills as a kid. And not just like the musical arrangement, like the melody itself and sort of how sparse it all sounds. Because in the beginning of like the actual recording, it's like just supported by the piano. But like... You get into, like, the lyricism, like you said. Mm. And it's really a song that's about, like, forgiveness in a way. Mm -hmm. It's like, even if you can't take me as I am, can you please just understand that I tried my best? And that was, like, you know, it was obviously more complex musically than a lot of the stuff that I had been introduced to by my father up to that point. But, like, thematically, it was like I had never really heard a song that was about... I really fucked this up and I know I really fucked it up. And like you said, I don't, I don't know that I can change. Yeah. But like, can you please forgive me? That shit blew my fucking mind. Like, it's one of the few songs that is about, it's clear there's a deep emotional pain, but it happens 
after a moment of reflection. Usually you're hearing these songs and these ballads and like you're in it. Like you're in the <laughs> you're at the you're at the bottom, rock bottom. But this is like slightly after that. Oh god. You know, like where you're like trying to see if maybe possibly there's an upswing. And like you said, that yeah, there's like an emotional complexity to it that even like rings through in his voice. Mm. You know, like one of the things that uh this really makes me think about is like you almost wonder why he's not in tears. Yeah. And this is Donny Hathaway in general. He just has this, like, clarity to his voice. Oh you still God. feel all that emotion, even though, like, he's singing in a way that doesn't, like, literally reflect the emotions he's trying to convey. There's a, a good book, 33 and a Third. There's a series. Oh, so um, good. This one, it, are they about different authors? Yeah. Yeah, so 33 and a Third is like a series of books about music. They're all pretty short. They're all somewhere around 100, I think less than 200 pages. Um, And they're each about a different album by a specific artist. And each of them is written by a different person for the most part. Yeah. I mean, you can find just about anything in those. They're fucking awesome. And and one about Donny Hathaway came out... Last year. Last year. Last year. It's by Emily Lordy. And it focuses on Donny Hathaway's live album. Mm-hmm. And the live album is amazing. Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's amazing because it's it's clear at this point he's perfected each of these songs. Yeah. So anyway, in the course of this, she talks to this one guy who is Donny Hathaway's best friend, Leroy Hudson. He's also a singer himself and also... Howard Grant. Yes. And he basically said Donny was able to make the listener feel his heart in his singing and playing in a way that could make people cry. He was able to do that without actually bringing himself to that point. Like a magician. Yeah. It makes me think about songs like, and I was asking you, I was trying to remember songs where like folks actually started crying. You like got like, you got real hype in my face <laughs> about like, oh, you talking about she's out of my life. Like the most <laughs> classic, which is amazing song, classic mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Didn't know. Yes. And at the end of that, he gets to this point and you can hear that like he is on the verge of breakdown. Oh my God. And it cuts like a knife. He's out of my And some folks do try to sleep on Michael's vocal talent. That's true. That's true. They think about him as just a live entertainer, but he was an amazing singer. Exactly. And in this song in particular, it's interesting and unique because once he gets to that point where you're like, oh shit, this motherfucker really about to cry. Yeah. He misses a note. Yes. He like slightly misses this note. Oh my God. And you feel it and like you, you know, you point out like, come on, this is intentional. Like he, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like Mike took you there. And that is a choice, and it works perfectly in that song to mm-hmm. make you get to exactly the point and lay with Michael. Mm-hmm. But Donny Hathaway is like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, you're going to feel like this, but I'm able to do that with how I'm singing without actually getting to the point where my voice is trembling. I feel like that's like something you pick up in church, because I know he started singing in church in St. Louis. Yeah, I never really thought critically when I was younger about it, but obviously now as an adult, I understand that like, you learn so much about performance and theatrics from 
church service and all the performing that happens, not just in the choir, but in the pulpit in general at church services. And like you do learn some type of performance that allows you to just be the conduit. Mm. There are people that do the crying and the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I'm already seeing like a handkerchief in somebody's hand, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like wiping their eyes or, or wiping the brow. But like, there also is something to be said for a church performance where somebody knows they are singing the hell out of something. And Whitney used to do this too. Mm-hmm. Whitney used to do this too. And if you do your Googles and your YouTubes <laughs> and you go, and you go to your Stellar Awards performances, mm. for those of you who don't know, the Stellar Awards are a gospel music award, and they have the best award show performances. But when you do that, too, where she'd be singing something, and she it felt like she was like a divine conduit. Donnie kind of does the same thing, too. It's like the message is moving through him, mm-hmm. but he's not having to give you performance. He's just yeah. like giving you kind of like, okay, Jesus told me this. <laughs> like, <laughs> he wanted me to deliver this message to you guys real quick. And it's all in the song. It's all in the song. And also in the 33 and the third book, the portion that delves into his live version of A Song for You, it goes into how his accompaniment of himself on the piano really aided his performance. And like A Song for You is really, to me, one of his standout tunes because you can hear him on the piano. Do you know what I'm saying? And like when you sing and you're accompanied by somebody on the piano, there's a lot of trust where you signal to each other or be comfortable enough or skilled enough that you can sort of like know when someone's going to come in or Mm -hmm. come out. But like it it feels even more divine in a way Mm -hmm. because he is controlling everything about that live performance. So like when you hear the plink plink of the piano and everything like that and you hear these minor chord progressions, that shit hits you in the stomach. It's like spellbinding. Like yeah. he's he's controlling all of it and getting you so wrapped up in his performance. He obviously has one of the most perfect voices of all time. Mm-hmm. But he also was a really great musician. Yeah. I mean, he could play the hell out of a piano. Yeah, there's like a point, just like doubling down on that, there's a point in the middle of the song where he comes back in with, I think the lyric is like, I love you in a place where there's no space for time. Yeah, I love you in a place where there's no space. I love no you space. for my life. You're a friend of mine. <laughs> And when my life is over, I'm sorry, go ahead. But like before that, there's this like piano solo. Uh-huh. And in the live version, the piano solo goes from like one end of the keys to the other. And you're like, once you get to that other end of the keys, you're ready. You're like, all right, he about to give me some shit. <laughs> and in the live version, he extends it. Yeah. Just like a little bit. In that moment, it's like five, maybe ten seconds. Yeah. But you feel like, you feel it not like stress, Yeah, but like a tension mm-hmm. that just expands in a way that like, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. This may, like, he got me. So when he does come back in with his vocals, you just feel it so much more because he was able to string you along with his piano. That is exactly right. The thing that also this makes me think about is ballads. Beyonce sings ballads Mm -hmm. now, and ballads aren't as popular as they used to be. 
Very true. You know, very, like very beyond again, beyond Beyonce, who can like yeah. fuck up a ballad and you just gonna sit there and love it. That's a damn true. But you don't hear them as much as you used to. Yeah. And Donny Hathaway is somebody who a majority of his hits were ballads. Very true. And like this is one of those like tour de force ballads. If you ask me what's one of the like maybe top ten, mm-hmm. this has been the top five. I would agree with that. <laughs> I would hundred percent agree with that. It's like a perfect study. The live version and the studio version. They're, They're just both amazing. He fucked him up. That that also goes to show just like how adept he is at covers. <laughs> like he sings a song that he did not write so beautifully that you swear up and down. That the Donnie version is the first version, the only version. He wrote it. His mama wrote it. And no one should sing it after. And nobody <laughs> should sing it after. Like, he's covered You Got a Friend, which is, like, written and performed by Carole King. Oh, To Be Young, Gifted in Black, obviously, like, no disrespect to Nina Simone. Because, yeah. like, to me, she does, obviously, the best version of mm-hmm. that song. But Donnie has a beautiful interpretation of that song. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Which, like, mostly, like, a bunch of white folks sang before <laughs> Or Donnie Saint, and he does it so much better than anybody. And also, a lot of people don't know this. There's a live version that Donnie has of Jealous Guy by mm. John Lennon. I'm like, I'm gonna be honest, okay, I'm gonna continue the Beatles slander from the internet. Mm. Although, I definitely grew up with the Beatles, and I yeah. there are a lot of songs of theirs that I genuinely, genuinely like. Yeah, I will say though, a lot of their hits were you know written, performed by black artists first and better. Um, just going to sip on this uh, <laughs> drink. Go ahead, please. Uh, but it's the truth. A lot of these number one hits that people are talking about, these motherfuckers didn't have nothing to do with it and somebody sang it better than they did. The reason why they went to number one, some of them is because they were white and British and novel and they appealed to teen girls and they were on Ed Sullivan. At any rate, like I said, I grew up with them. I respect it. Yeah. But like as many number ones as they've been having at all time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, There's some people who are still among us. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Who were their contemporaries as far as, you know, time is concerned, who I think deserve at least that much praise, if not more. You in total lie. Right. At any rate, John Lennon's version of Jealous Guy, it's a song that he wrote and he performed. Mm-hmm. You know, it has like a nice melody or whatever. It's a pretty song. But Donnie has this version yeah. that like he adds a little ragtime spin on it. I didn't mean to hurt you no Sings the hell of that song. When I first heard that song, I was like, wait, I I, I know the John Lennon version, right? Mm-hmm. I first heard that song and I was like, I know I know this song from somewhere. I totally forgot. I literally forgot that John Lennon ever wrote and performed Jealous Guy. Like that version of Jealous Guy can just go on somewhere and get <laughs> truly. Because there are some songs that the man has hit. There are some songs that John Lennon hit. Yeah. Jealous Guy ain't one of them. Donny Hathaway, that is Donny Hathaway's song. Like, he has such a gift for interpreting other people's work. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this is another thing I will say. I think because singing on, like, planet Earth is done probably best by black people, um, I think that, like, people downplay a performer's talents Mm -hmm. because a lot of performers are black people. And a lot of times, you know, you think about certain jazz standards and things like that. You do have a lot of black people that are interpreting the lyrics of white people. Ella Fitzgerald, I don't really think, wrote 
that much music, if she did at all. But she's one of the greatest jazz singers of all time because her talent for interpretation mm. was just beyond. Yeah. Um, Aretha Franklin, same thing. She didn't write always a ton of music, but she could sing the hell out of anybody's song. And I think that like because a lot of black people, specifically black women, you know, people who are like putting out these ballads or, you know, popularizing certain songs. A lot of people want to discount the talent of interpretation and raise up the talent of songwriting because like lots of other types of recorded arts, white people can tend to dominate in some of those categories. And I say, fuck that. I think that there's a lot to be celebrated in the fact that you can pick up a piece of music and lift it up off of the page. And Donny Hathaway, he did that. He did that. He did that over and over again, countless times. He definitely did that on a song for you. But also, Donnie could write the hell out of a song. Yes. And the last song that we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. I think, is an excellent example of this. Yes. Someday we'll all be free. Mm. I'm excited to take a break and listen to this one. I mean, so this song, like, and this was actually, I would actually say this is my favorite Donny Hathaway song. Mm. Straight up. Okay. Also, a Sunday morning cleaning song. Very true. Straight up. Very true. But this is also a song that, like, has, like, such complex meaning. You know, like, people really look at Donny Hathaway as this, like, as a tragic figure. Mm -hmm. He is somebody who really wrestled with mental illness Mm -hmm. um, throughout his life. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ultimately he committed suicide. And this is one of those songs that really plays up that tension within himself that he might have been fighting for majority of his life. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, like, I came to this song and I, I read it simply as a protest song. Me too. Forecasting, you know, there's hope out there and one day we're going to make it. But the more I like looked into it, it's clear that its intention was actually to forecast his own hope for himself. And his friend who co-wrote the song with him, mm-hmm. Ed, Ed Howard, their hope for him to be free from his struggle with mental illness, mm. which when you think about it in hindsight like that, it's so like challenging emotionally, even though it's a it's an uplifting song, mm-hmm. you know, like this is somebody who, you know, who knew he was going through it mm-hmm. and just wanted hope to like get on the other side of that. And to know that it, it didn't quite work out is sad, but it's beautiful. There's a certain like tragic beauty to the fact that he was able to sing a song that was so like positive and upbeat it was about, hopeful yeah, hopeful you know about something that was causing him so much pain mm-hmm. there's a quote from like ed howard who again was the co-writer on the song he said donnie was a troubled person i hope that at some point he would be released from all that he was going through there's nothing i could do but write something that might be encouraging for him in this song like Again, like coming back to like what it's evolved to be, mm-hmm. like I've been listening to this song at least once a week, but in that once, I listen to it like three or four times in succession mm-hmm. because it's one of those few things that like you're looking to hope, mm-hmm. but you're cognizant of how rough it is right now. Yeah, and as we mentioned at the top of the show, shit's rough right now. It does not seem to be getting any better. No, but songs like this make me feel like. Yes, it's going to be bad, and it might be bad for a while, but hopefully this arc is going to swing back up. Yeah, like, I didn't really know, honestly, the story behind the song. And 
it makes so much sense the tone that the mm-hmm. song is written in. Like the opening lyrics to the song are like, hang on to the world as it spins around, but don't let those spins get you down. That's yeah. such a gentle way of addressing what Donnie was going through. You can really like feel the relationship between him and Ed Howard as collaborators in the lyrics when you think about the song like that. But I could also see how like that encouraging tone that was taken on by a friend yeah. or even somebody who like in their better moments able to like communicate with himself because Donnie also co-wrote the song. Yeah. To sort of see him trying to bolster himself up in that moment is really beautiful and inspirational. And I can also see how, like, very easily, not just the lyrics, but the tone of the lyrics, mm-hmm. making a really good protest song and a song of resistance. I mean, all I want now is just for somebody to tell me that one day things might be kind of all right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Even if it's not true, even if it's something I just have to tell myself, I want to hear that now more than ever. And and the way that I feel now... Mm -hmm. Even though it's obviously been, like, recorded for the past two years yeah. that, like, we've been saying that, like, the world is a fucked up place for yeah. a lot of people. There's a certain, like, urgency and pressure that I feel now that I've never felt before. And even when I talk to my parents, they haven't felt in a very long time. I could definitely see how back in the day people feeling maybe not too unlike how we feel now latching on to something like this and wanting to use it to soothe people in the movement. I'm sure on some level they were aware of, like, what this was doing. When you look at the song's true intention, mm-hmm. like, it was written with a delicacy that, that it's clear that, like, they wanted people to find something in it. Yeah. And that's something that really, like, shines through in the, the lyrics and the beauty of the song. And I think also with the tone, like you said, like, the tone of it, mm-hmm. you know, being somewhat uplifting. Like, you can hear a touch of melancholy, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, not nowhere near despair. You know, yeah. and I think that's something that's like super important with protest music. It doesn't have to be we're fired up. We see the mountaintop. Yeah. We're almost there. We're going to take you down or whatever it is. Yeah. You can be somewhat sad, but you can't despair because that is the thing that gets rid of hope. And like, that's what this song communicates best. This is like the perfect song to illustrate we're in a marathon and not a sprint. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even I think about like um, the lyric, what is it? Keep your self-respect. Your manly pride. Keep yourself. It's like speaking to somebody in a moment of vulnerability. Yeah. Like, um, now that you mention it, there are so many protest songs that strike an angry chord, Mm -hmm. which is totally fine. Yeah. There are so many protest songs that, like, encourage persistence. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? But this is, like, less urgent than that. This is, like, it's okay if you feel like shit right now. (laughs) Just don't let this, like, take the soul of you. Mm -hmm. Keep your eye on the faraway prize to borrow from a different song of resistance. It's such a beautiful song. And I, like I said to you before we were recording, I'm sure it's been played at a thousand kindergarten graduations. <laughs> yeah. And also like his daughter, Layla Hathaway, who she was a child at the time of his death. Yeah. It's one of the ones that she is often asked to perform because if you didn't know, yeah, 
Layla Hathaway is also an amazing vocal talent. He has another daughter who also is a backup singer, a set musician. And like, it's really beautiful to know that like that they both took up his profession yeah. um, and both seem to be doing well. Yeah. And like you were saying, Eric, like a song like that is exactly the type of thing that we need to be listening to like every week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In times like these... This is our love offering for this little bi-weekly period. So because we have a live show coming up, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back on February 27th. So for those of you who can't make it to the live show, you will be able to experience at least some of it. You're not going to be able to see our shining faces, but you're going to be able to experience at least some of it in podcast form. So we apologize for the break, but it's all in service of like the greater good. And in the meantime, listen to some Donny Hathaway Listen records. to some Donny Hathaway Seriously, like, it'll, it will change you. At yeah. least a little bit. It'll change you, like, at your core. And additionally, like, they're so good to sing along with. I think especially if you're a woman, because he had one of those really beautiful, like, like Stevie Wonder kind of, mm-hmm. like, tenor voices yeah. or, like, Freddie Mercury, do you know what I'm saying? Where it's just, like, if you're a woman, that's, like, right in your low range. <laughs> so even if you can't sing, <laughs> you'll feel like you Get can. up in there. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, I, can't really, I can't really sing a Dottie Hathaway record. Can you sing anybody record? Well, you know, I mean, in the shower with, like, ambient noise going on, <laughs> like, I could probably, you know, I could do a little something. You know, I can't have an audience, but I could do a little something with myself. <laughs> and I'm cool with that. You know, I know my lane. I was going to say, that's the most, I gave you so much shit just now. That's the most confidently you've ever hey. responded to me giving you shit in your life. Hey, you know, you know your, know your talents. Know your talents. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you guys for joining us yet again. Yes. If you want to support us and do something nice, you can buy a ticket to our show. Yes. You can rate our show and review it on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Five stars only. Yes. Also, just tell a friend. Tell a friend. If this has touched you, even just a little bit. Just a little bit. (laughs) Make sure you tell somebody else about it. Also, um, I've been getting a lot of compliments recently on my For Color Nerds tote bag. Yes. Um, So if you want to purchase a For Color Nerds tote bag, or a mug, or a t-shirt, which comes in, I think, three different colors? Yes. White, black, and navy? Yes. You can only purchase them online at shop.forcolorednerds.com. Check it out. Check it out. You, too, can get those same compliments. You, too. Exactly. (laughs) Additionally, if you really, really, really got some extra cash, and you want to support a black business, support black creativity, black art, and black talent, you can donate and support us on Patreon, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash recolorednerds. Yes. Uh, that is what allows us to honestly like produce the show because making anything costs money. Yeah. It also allows us to pay our delightful producer, Bethel Hapte. Yes. So if you want to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash recolorednerds. You can donate as little as a dollar a month, and you can also pay in one lump sum. You can just give us $12 if you want to and never have to talk to us again. But, yes, it makes a huge, huge difference. And in the meantime... Won't be too long till we're back. Yeah. But we will be back soon. We appreciate you guys listening. We do. Bye. Bye.
This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.